Gamecock Nation. Welcome to the Cocky on Saturday podcast. I'm your host, James Beal, class of 2018, former student manager, and there's nothing I love more than talking some Gamecock football. Let's go. What's up, y'all, and welcome back to the Cocky on Saturday podcast. We are within two weeks now of the kickoff in Charlotte. It is right around the corner. Football is in the air, and we just had our second and final scrimmage of camp on Saturday. With that, we do know that the depth chart is pretty much set in stone. Barring any injuries, we're really not going to see any changes to the ones in Charlotte. Now it's really time to start to let that starting unit gel together especially that offensive line. You know, all of camp, we've been talking about it. That's the biggest question mark. Who's going to be the starting five there? Lonnie Teasley, the offensive line coach for the Gamecocks, did let us know at the beginning of camp. He was eyeballing that second scrimmage to know who his top eight guys were because it is somewhat of a rotation, but definitely his starting five allow those guys to get comfortable with each other, build that chemistry so that when we go out week one that they're full and ready to go. Before we jump into updates on camp, there's three news items that happened a little bit over the past week or so here. The first one, super exciting, Alshon Jeffrey, jersey retirement. Now, I know a lot of you are probably thinking, man, he wore number one. We have two number ones on the roster. That's a tough number to retire. But guys, it doesn't quite work like that in college. They're just retiring his physical jersey. The number one will continue to be used by the Gamecocks, very similar to the number seven that Jadavion Clowney wore. So don't worry, DQ Smith is still going to be wearing number one out there. That certainly will not change, uh, but an awesome moment for Alshon Jeffrey. And a guy that really was one of the first big blue chip prospects that came into South Carolina while choosing over a ton of other schools, really just embodies what a Gamecock is, embodies greatness, had a great career in the NFL as well. And I know in his Gamecock time, we all look back to that catch against Alabama. Is there a better moment in Gamecock history? I mean, it probably rivals right there with the clowny sack. But this is really a great moment for Alshon Jeffrey and for those early 2010 Gamecock teams that had so much success on the field. His jersey will be retired before the Mississippi State game, so if you'll be in attendance, it's going to be a great experience and a great way to kick off a big SEC matchup for us. Getting to the two other news items over the weekend here, we actually just picked up a grad transfer. Believe it or not, he's actually going to be eligible to play the season. That's the one exception with the transfer portal is that grad transfers are actually able to transfer all the way up until the season. So that window's not closed, fully open, and Beamer and Co. struck another commitment, maybe a little bit more under the radar than some of the recent you know, five-star commits. But Drew Tuazama from UAB is the newest addition to this Gamecocks team. A great edge threat, going to compete for a starting role day one. Had five sacks, three quarterback hurries last season, so very productive on the field, very well equipped to play at this level, and he's shown that before. If I had to guess, Jordan Strawn has been looking great at camp. He's not going to lose his position, but this does give JT Gear, a fellow transfer, a little bit more competition. A guy who's really been 
taking over that role in camp, and I'm fully expecting to be starting week one. But as the year goes on, I do expect Tuazama to be taking away some of those snaps and maybe potentially moving into that role over JT Gear. And finally here, a little bit more of a fun one, the Freak List by Bruce Feldman that comes out every single year was released this past week. That On that list, it sort of identifies freak athletes, you know, guys that are much more athletic than probably somebody their size should be. You know, there's a list that we've seen Jadavion Clowney on in the past. So, you know, that kind of speaks to the type of player you typically see. And number one, believe it or not, is true freshman Nick Harbour. Obviously, number one athlete in the country. We all are super high on him, but to see that he's number one on a national list already is very, very impressive, especially considering that number two is Marvin Harrison Jr., who's projected to probably be the first wide receiver off the board in the NFL draft. So, you know, we can't read too much into it. I know our message boards are going to be going nuts when Nick Harbour's not on the field every play to start the year. But amazing to see, obviously, a freak of nature. Cannot wait to see his athletic ability sort of reach its potential and see what he can do on the field this season. And the other Nick on the roster, Nick Emanwari, obviously the great true freshman starter from last season moving into his sophomore campaign, was quick to let the media know, hey, there's not just one freak on this team. It's freak versus freak, day in, day out, Nick versus Nick. Guys, this gives me a little bit of remembrance of, you know, Gilmore or Jeffrey going at it in practice together. The best make each other better. So it's amazing to see these two guys sort of have that camaraderie, a little bit of competitive fire, and it's only going to help them develop at their craft and really unlock each of their true potential. Now, jumping into news coming out of camp, I'm going to start with a pretty simple one, but a great sign and you know, exciting news, but Omega Blake has really been impressing this coaching staff. He had a great showing in scrimmage number one. To be honest, we haven't had much notes from scrimmage number two here. So a lot of that's up in the air. A lot of that's smart by the coaches. They don't want to give away too much information to UNC or other opponents throughout this season. But Omega Blake has certainly maybe the leader in the clubhouse for that wide receiver four role. You know, that's a role that we thought transfer Eddie Lewis might just take over. That's the transfer coming over from Memphis with a lot of experience. But Omega Blake, a young sophomore from Rock Hill, South Carolina, it looks like he took that next step in his development and going to just add another weapon to that wide receiver room. And of course, with the O-line, that's where the biggest question mark is coming because obviously that was the position that was furthest from set in stone. I'll start with the two solids on that offensive line front Vershawn Lee and Nick Gargiulo are not going anywhere looks like they're slotted into guard and center Gargiulo has been shifting back and forth between left guard and right guard left guard is where he spent most of his time I do not expect Vershawn Lee to move away from center so we'll definitely see those two guys on the interior and then it starts to get very interesting Ja'Kai Moore will be starting on this offensive line and for a while here, we've really been thinking that that's left tackle. I still probably think he gets the first shot at left tackle. But the offensive staff has been moving those guys around a little bit and actually try to move Ja'Kai back into the inside. It had some reps at left guard with the ones in practice. And with that, you may be asking, who's stepping up to tackle? 
Obviously, we've seen Sidney Fugar, Tyshawn Wanamaker, but it's actually a new face. Jackson Hughes, the transfer from UNC Charlotte, only preferred walk-on, but I believe started every single game at UNC Charlotte last season, so has some good experience, and he's starting to be right there in the mix with the ones. Cason Henry is another name to watch out coming off his freshman campaign, another guy that's going to be fighting for some snaps, but the good part is is that now we realistically have four guys that are getting experience with the ones at the tackle position. If we do need to move Jakai back to the inside, sounds like we have a good competition going on at tackle. But I know the coaching staff sort of wants to get that figured out, get it set in stone. And I expect that scrimmage number two, they did put their best five out there, the group that they feel like they're going into week one with. Again, things can shake up. But don't be shocked if at some point this season, Ja'Kai does move back to the inside because we're starting to see some new faces at tackle, and that bodes well with just having depth on the offensive unit. At the linebacker position is where we're seeing another maybe unexpected shakeup. Mo Kaba obviously was coming off his torn ACL from last season. He is expected by week one, and so myself and a lot of others were predicting, hey, him and Debo Williams are going to be the Mike and Will linebackers in the middle of that defense. And maybe it's due to injury. Maybe they're just easing him back. But we're actually consistently starting to see Stone Blanton take reps with the ones at that linebacker spot alongside Debo Williams. I think with Kaba, obviously they want him on the field. He can make some great plays. But, you know, he took a little bit longer in his recovery process. Had the same timeline as Jordan Strawn. And Strawn's been back a lot longer. So again, could be easing him in or, you know, maybe Stone Blanton took advantage of that opportunity. It's no knock on Stone. He started or played in 12 different games last season, 12 out of 13. So has experience at the SEC level moving into his sophomore campaign. And I expect big things. Whoever is out there on the field is well equipped to make plays, whether that's Cabo, whether that's Stone, whether that's even true freshman Pup Howard. I think we're going to see all of them. It's going to, throughout the course of the season, we're going to see who the best duo is, who gels the best, who's the leader of that unit. Again, competition is a good thing, guys. We want to see guys competing. That's only going to make them work harder in practice, get better at their craft, and essentially excel on the football field. And that wraps up our key takeaways from roughly the past week here with camp, with scrimmage, with the news going on between Jersey retirements, commits. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure to come back tomorrow. We're going to be breaking down games four, five, and six of the season. And then later in the week, we're going to get to our part three of that series and break down those games as well. And in case I haven't said it enough already, guys. Less than two weeks till the Gamecocks kick off in Charlotte. I cannot wait. I am just itching for some football. Football is in the air. You can smell it. Is there anything better than SEC college football? I don't even have to answer that. See you all tomorrow. Go Cox!